0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. One summer in college, I was a street sweeper. That's right, working in one of those trucks that goes along the road, you know, with the big brushes along the curbs, you know, with a big vacuum sucking up all the trash and the dirt, except technically I wasn't really doing it on streets, I was doing it in parking lots, Uh, and we would go there to the parking lots when there were no cars there, so that meant late at night and into the early morning hours. And I wasn't the one driving the truck. I had a friend who was the truck driver. I would get out of the truck with a leaf blower and would be blowing the trash all, you know, off of the sidewalks and off of the curbs out into the parking lot where the big vacuum truck could go and suck it all up. And so we had a series of parking lots that we regularly did. But I remember one night uh, our boss said, well, you guys got to do a different parking lot. Tonight, and so I was like, "Okay, great. We'll, we'll do we'll do another one." Uh, and so we get the directions to this new parking lot, and first off, we find that it's half an hour away from where all the other parking lots we normally did were. And we get there, and we find out that it is like the mother of all parking lots. It is just vast, bigger than any other lot that we have done. And there it is. You know, it's already late, late. At night, and you're thinking, "How in the world are we going to get this all done?" It was overwhelming. Have you ever had a, a job like that where you know, in one moment, you you get you get given some task, and you look out, and you're like. How is this going to be possible? Like, how can I get this done in the amount of time that I have? This just isn't working. I need help. Like, we need more people if we're going to get this done. We need better equipment if we're going to get this done. Like, I can't do this job with what has been given to me. We need more. Well, that feeling should maybe give us a little more of the sense of what we should feel when it comes to the Great Commission when it comes to the task of making disciples, reaching, teaching, training for the glory of Jesus Christ. We're familiar with a phrase, but I want us to think about it a little deeper as we look at our New Testament reading today. where We're looking at Matthew 9, 27 through 38, as well as Matthew 13, 54 through 58, and Mark 6, 1 through 6. And the image I want us to Think about, there comes at the end of Matthew chapter 9. It's the familiar words that Jesus says in those last two verses, verses 37 and 38. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So, we're familiar with those words. If you've been at church for any length of time, you've heard those words before. But my concern is, let's not just make them so familiar, you know, it's like the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You know, you think of a missions wall at church, or you think of something on Instagram, you know, with, with all the wheat in the field and, and these verses on it, right? And we're so familiar with it that it's kind of lost its its punch, where it should give us the idea, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Yeah, that, that should be overwhelming to us. There is so much work to be done. And we should be looking around at the people around us saying, man, there's more work to be done than we could possibly do. We need help. And that's what drives then to the next part of the passage. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. We we need more. So pray earnestly to your boss. Cry out to the Lord of the harvest to say, we we need more help. And again, this is all driven by compassion. As Jesus is going about doing his ministry in verse 36, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And that's what drives him to say this to the disciples. And so I want you just to think for a moment um, about just what's around you. Start with where you live. I I live in Meridian, Idaho, uh, here in the Treasure Valley, and this area is just exploding with growth. But think about where, where you live. If you also live in the Treasure Valley, you know, think about this area. Maybe you live somewhere else. Think about that. How many people are out there that don't know Jesus Christ? I mean, I think of my community, which is growing, 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 the fastest growing community in the United States of America. And if you did the math, it's likely that you're going to come up with a number in the hundreds of thousands of people right here in this valley, right here in a comfortable driving distance from where I live, of people that don't know Jesus Christ. Maybe you live somewhere smaller. Maybe you live in a bigger metropolitan area where in the driving distance from you, there are literally millions of people that do not know Christ. Do you have a sense of how overwhelming that is that we are given the task of, of reaching those people? Now, think now just broader. Think about your state. Think about the United States of America. Think of all the work that is to be done there. And even just think about how the harvest is not merely just evangelism. Well, once they come to know Christ, we we have more work to do. We, we're now to teach them everything that Christ has commanded. We've got to be training up leaders. So it's it's not even just the people that haven't been reached, it's the people that you know are, are following Christ, but man, that they've got a lot that they still need to be taught. Just think of the amount of work it would take just to be faithful to the Great Commission right here in the United States of America. And then realize that is just the tip of the iceberg and actually the United States of America is probably one of, if not the most reached nation in the entire world. And then we go around the world and we look at what we would call unreached peoples, people that are a part of a culture that there is no real Christian witness in that society. And that number would would go into the billions. There is so much Work to be done that should at some level overwhelm us and that's why it should drive us to our knees, praying that God would send out more laborers into his harvest that we need that we need to trust God for that, but we need to call out, and one thing that will help us even just broaden our prayers I mean even in some ways make us not so provincial, in some ways in our prayers, just thinking about me and my witness, or even just thinking about your church and its witness. Because we all have to realize it's not me, it's not just my church, we're going to need a lot more people, we're going to need a lot more churches that are faithfully doing this work of the harvest. So I hope it you know, gets you even praying for yourself, praying for your church, that your church would be more engaged in the harvest. But I pray that it gets you engaged, even praying beyond just the borders of your own church, because it's going to take more than just your church to really uh, complete this harvest that we're praying for here. So pray earnestly for the Lord of the harvest. The harvest is overwhelming. It's plentiful and the laborers are few, but We have a God who is in control. We have a God who can do great things. Cry out to him today to send out more laborers into the harvest. Now, that harvest isn't going to be easy, and one way we're reminded of that is just in some of those other passages where Jesus does not really receive a friendly welcome in his hometown of Nazareth. And even just when you think about, you know, the task of evangelism, sometimes the hardest place to evangelize can be your home, especially not so much parents to, to children. That's really part of God's design of discipleship. But think about uh, kids evangelizing their parents or or siblings or things like that. That can often be one of the most difficult parts of evangelism. And I don't think it means, hey, stop trying, but that's another way. Pray for laborers. Pray that God brings other people into those lives to to really highlight and confirm the truth that you are trying to share. It's a big task, uh, making disciples, but we have a big God, so let's pray to him. Now, as we go back to the Old Testament today, we are again in Exodus, Exodus 27 through 29. And again, we're looking at the tabernacle and today getting into the priests. And before you tune out uh, from, you know, some, some passages like this where it's like, oh, it's all these details and all of that's obsolete and I don't really need to know that. I want you to pay special attention to some of the things about the priests, um, and and remember that the New Testament, as we've even seen, calls us as believers priests, and that's actually a, a doctrinal idea of the priesthood of all believers, that, that all who have put their faith in Christ now kind of function as in this role as a priest, or we are a priesthood. We are set apart, and so I want you to notice things about that, things like the priestly garments and even just... Um, what was engraved in gold and put on the the turban, the the forehead of the priest, where it said "Kadosh le Yahweh, Holy to the Lord." Um, that's something that we should see. And yes, God is not calling you to engrave some gold thing and, and put it on the brim of your hat uh, that you wear that says "Holy to the Lord," but. You are called as a Christian to be holy to the Lord, set apart for God. And so think through that and then look at that chapter 29 and think of just the consecration of the priests. And notice that part of that consecration was atonement, sacrifice. And praise God that you can be a part of the priesthood of all believers because there was an atoning sacrifice for you, Jesus Christ. And also notice that part of that that dedication was also not just the atonement, but also that they are being consecrated, set apart for a purpose to serve God. And that should remind us, if I'm a Christian, I am set apart. My life has a purpose to serve God. And so may we be able to focus on these things. May we learn, even though some of the formalities might not be things that we're called to practice in our time, let us see the substance and the meaning and see that these pictures can help us understand our role as priests. And also today, let us be reminded of our role in the harvest and especially our need for help in the harvest. And may we pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest for more laborers.